three, two, one. Hello there, Sephiram17 once again. This is my Sardonicast brutal difficulty walkthrough. Uh, hey everybody. This is Sardonicast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We've stolen so many intros over the year. Paid <laughs> homage, not stolen. And uh, I decided to do one from a channel that is a little lesser known. Seraphim Seventeen, because I've been uh, I've been getting a lot of regular exercise recently, and the reason I've been able to do that, or you know what, fuck it, we we should introduce ourselves. I'll explain it because <laughs> I was just about to go on this story, and I realized we haven't even said who we are. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. Ralph from Ralph the Movie Maker. I'm Alex from IHE. Oh my voice. Oh God. Something wrong with me. Oh, ill. <laughs> I'm dying over here. <laughs> What'd you do? I don't know, I'm just... <laughs> anyway, I'll try to keep this quick. I've been getting a lot of exercise recently. I have, like, an exercise bike in front of my projector downstairs. And uh, nice. the way I've been motivating myself is by playing, like, really difficult video games. Because the idea is that I kind of forget that I'm exercising if my attention is on these video games. And so I'm going oh, yeah. through the uh, Uncharted Remastered PS4 thing. And I already beat it on Crushing a while ago. And so I'm trying to beat it on the Brutal difficulty, which is one that they added for the PS4. And uh, there are a couple points where I got stuck, and I needed to look up a walkthrough. On an exercise bike? Yes. So it's like okay. it's like a stationary bicycle with a comfy seat. And I just have my controller, and I'm looking at the screen playing video games, getting exercise at the same time. Nice. And, uh, no idea. No time. It'll look like The Rock in no time. I've already lost some weight, actually. Yeah, that shit does help. It's it's a good motivator. You rock with an exercise bike, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll do fine. But yeah, this uh, YouTube channel had very helpful walkthroughs and some good commentary, so I decided I would steal their intro this time. Shout them out. <laughs> it's it's a little weird to spell, S E R A P H I M seventeen, in case somebody tries to search. Thanks, for it. buddy. Yeah. We're recording this about an hour late. Sorry, Why guys. Is that? <laughs> we forgot about daylight savings again. Yep. Yep. It happened last year, <laughs> and I'm. I guess I'm an hour ahead behind. It I just, can't keep track anymore. I, I forgot it was a thing again. Like I knew it happened in our time zone. Ralph and I are in the same time zone now. I switched the yeah. clocks on the microwave and whatever. I forgot that not every time zone does it at the same time how does it like i still don't get how yeah. it works no i searched it apparently we have it here in the uk at the end of march like the 31st that's of march so stupid. which is handy that's yeah, ours so was last saturday it's stupid in the it's saturday two o'clock in the morning yeah i was in vegas and we were gonna go to a club but Olema was gonna pick us up at two but oh. that hour didn't exist. <laughs> so it went right to 3, and the limo didn't come, because the, they're like, what? there was no 2 a.m. Oh, like, what? are you fucking kidding me? That's really, really funny. <laughs> what the fuck? You requested oh a God. ride for a specific time, but the time didn't exist. <laughs> so, so they didn't come. pick you up. <laughs> that's amazing. Fucking, what yeah, a loophole. That's Vegas, dude. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> they, they got us eventually, but... You know, I had to change the time to one that existed. That's so stupid. <laughs> daylight savings yeah, doesn't make whatever. any sense in the first place. We yeah, don't need it. Yeah, fucking hate daylight at savings. At all. <laughs> there, there's a reason why it exists. I, I think we went through why. 
before. Yeah. It's, it's not a good enough reason. <laughs> At least have it on the same day for everyone or something. Can't keep track. They didn't consider yeah. back when they invented it that the internet might be a thing and people from around the world might be communicating. <laughs> I suppose that wasn't on I mean, their minds yeah. at the time. That's kind of hard to foresee. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's certain places that are like getting rid of it. Like British Columbia is debating it. <laughs> it's apparently. So we might get rid of it, which would be hilarious we'll to be out of sync with places in the same time zone further south <laughs> at certain points in the year. Yeah, it might just add to the confusion. And I guess if just enough places get rid of it, then everybody will feel like they have to. And I guess that's kind of the goal, is to abolish yeah. it once and for all. But there could be a good reason. That's why I don't want to abolish could it. Could be. Yeah. What do you mean I by mean, that? I mean, it's hard to explain, but there's got to be some scientist who's like, <laughs> who knows math or something. <laughs> and he explained, he's like, we us. need it, because if we don't, then a volcano will go off <laughs> or something. <laughs> hey. He'll explain. Like, there's probably some reason like that. You have too much blind faith in the system, man. <laughs> I do. <laughs> There's too much to worry about. You gotta have some blind faith in this This is already shit. set in stone. It must, there, there must right, be a good reason stone, for it. Right, it's set in stone. It's not gonna change. Weed being illegal. It's pro There's probably a good reason for that. That was you know? pretty brief. Weed being illegal in the U.S. <laughs> pretty brief. <laughs> it's illegal here, man. Don't forget about People the People went to jail. I mean... No, no, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> don't trust tradition. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not. It's your enemy. Yeah, man. Preach the truth. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> everybody finally saw the new Gaspar Noé film. Climax. That's how you say it? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Well, he's Gaspar. French, right? It sounds a little much. It's Gaspar Noé, I think. I think you just say it like that. Whatever. <laughs> I <don't>... <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hear him say his own name at some point. Yeah, I would like to also. Yeah, I'll just I'll just try to with him? give as much he of an accent as possible. He has a very possible. fun personality. Oh, he's hilarious! Did you see the one where he shit talks yeah. Black Panther? Yeah, he's like, I hate <laughs> Black Panther almost as much as I hate that new Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he funny. Were, just, he says most movies are just so stupid. He watches documentaries so he can get some like educational benefit out of watching. Something. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, but so. yeah, he's a great director. I saw it. Well, I mean, he's he's kind of hit or miss. I uh, I really love Irreversible and Enter the Void and Climax, obviously. I saw his second most recent film called Love, and I saw that at yeah, TIFF. Yeah, not very good. And it was, I yeah, it was not great. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was in 3D at the TIFF screening that I went to. <laughs> and there's really? there's a cum mm. shot in the movie <laughs> where where it's literally yeah. just uh, someone jerking off at the camera, like close up on dick. And it's in 3D, so the cum shoots in your face yeah. in the theater. <laughs> and then, like, after the movie, <sighs> the director and actor were in a Q&A, and it's just like, you see the guy in the room and in, in front of you being like, wow, you just came on my face like <laughs> half an hour ago <laughs> wow. and during the Q&A he was based literally Gaspar Noé was just like yeah we didn't have a script we could just kind of made it up as we went along <laughs> I was like well that, that explains that because it wasn't structured at all that's the way he makes his movies though I mean yeah sometimes it works out really well for sure uh, like Climax is kind of like that it's heavy yeah, in a way, improvisation for sure. Like, he, he worked with those actors to create these characters, exactly. and then he kind of constructed it from there. 
which was yeah. interesting. But yeah, for love, that didn't work as well. But you see like hints of that acting method in all of his stuff. Climax had more of a goal and idea in mind. It had more of a vision, whereas yeah. love was just like, eh, these people smoke opium and fuck. And that's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. come on. <laughs> You gotta have you gotta have like more climax. Climax there. is a sellable, <laughs> solid premise. Yes, and that sure. kind of counts yeah, everything. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, hook. It's got a good you hook. can immediately understand. Sangria. Yeah, Alex, what did you think of it? Because on Letterbox, you said you had no idea how to assign a score <laughs> <laughs> to it. Yeah, every now and again, a movie comes along like this that is so against formula. Where so many movies that we watch are just like, "Yep, now's when this is gonna happen." And you can kind of rate movies based on that kind of scale. But this movie is just so... It does feel improvised a lot of the time. And what it's going for is so extreme in every way possible. Um, I felt just about every emotion a, a film can bring out of you throughout the movie, whether mm. that be gr great enjoyment or frustration or anger or fear. So at the end of it, like I, it, it was just kind of stunned me to the point where I don't know how I could fairly assign a number to it the the last film that did this for me was the film mother from a few years ago yeah. which one uh, <laughs> the, the one, Aaron, Aaron, one, Aaron Oski one right there's, the psych, there's like yeah. three of them <laughs> yeah. there's, there's more than that the, yeah i wanted to talk with you guys more before i even attempt to try and assign a number oh, sure. to it because i know you really love it, Adam, don't you? This I, is what, yeah. your number one for 2018? Yeah. At the moment? I consider it 2018, and that's when I saw it the first time anyway. And that, that would be my favorite film for sure of 2018. Yeah, and Ralph, you obviously enjoyed it a lot too. Yeah, I counted it as 2019 because it didn't come out here till 2019. There so then no it's way easily your favorite it. film of 2019 then. Oh, yes, easily. <laughs> I think it's the only one I've seen What's in a theater. The... Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I loved it. You didn't yeah. see Escape Room? <laughs> no, sadly, I did not. <laughs> yeah, every other movie I've seen just on Netflix or on TV or something. The you only didn't see one. Serenity. This came out on Blu-ray in January, but I I waited for the theater because I knew it would be worth it. And you, fuck yeah, it was worth it. It it came it's out on Blu-ray in France, but I think that they're getting a different distributor for the American Blu-ray release. It might be A24. A24 did a weird thing where they actually released a limited edition VHS print of Climax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there were only a oh, hundred right. yeah, copies, yeah. and I almost got one, but I I couldn't in time. I don't know if I almost did. Maybe it was sold out way before I got there. Somebody from my subreddit got one. <laughs> they they posted yeah, their yeah. picture. I was jealous. That's neat. But, oh yeah, A24. <laughs> I would just it. have no use for it. I don't have. Oh, a VHS I would love player. it as a collector's item for sure. I do have a yeah. VHS oh, yeah. player also. I, I would never watch it that way, though. Dumb shit like that. <laughs> yeah, but this is a very unique film, and all Super movies unique. are. It's like he almost hates... Well, I get that from his interviews, too. He just hates traditional movies, and he yeah. tries to just fuck with it as much as he can, with the structure <laughs> and with pacing and with tone. And his movies are so unbelievable. They're like nothing else you've ever seen. He very much wants to provide a different experience. And... Yeah. He's almost like Lars von Trier in a way where he goes yeah. out of his way to be kind of uh, controversial and to try and Disturbing, make people experience depressing. emotions that they may not want to experience. And even in that same vein, like you, you could compare the promotional uh, material for Climax to the promotional material for the house that Jack built, you know, what 
Von Trier mm-hmm. did, and it came off rather obnoxiously, where he's you know really hamming up <laughs> everything that he's credited for. He's like, oh, the concept is my idea in the credits, and like all these posters with the director himself, Von Trier, on them. And it comes off as really kind of like, ah, you're kind of full of yourself. Noe does the same thing, and there is a hint of that there for sure. But I think what makes the difference is the quality of the film for me. <laughs> is like, okay, you're yeah, you're allowed you're allowed to credit yourself a bunch of times here because you actually did something fucking mind blowing, in my opinion. They're different filmmakers and they have different styles, but like, what No Way does really well is the technical stuff. Oh, All yeah. of his movies mm-hmm. are very impressive on a technical level. And I have many friends here who have seen Climax and they fucking hated it, but they can't deny the craft of it. It's mm-hmm. so that's, beautifully yeah. made. That's and exactly the performances what I was say. are terrific as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those movies I, I would never blame anyone for falling head over heels for, but at the same time, not blame those who have a profound like distaste for it you know it's, oh, yeah. it's just so extreme i would not blame anyone uh, to have like an adverse reaction <laughs> it's a very fucked up movie yeah yeah and this is but... actually like one of the more I, i'd say accessible ones oh yeah <laughs> in terms of his filmography there aren't like 30 minute long sex scenes in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> not just sex scenes but like brutal rape scenes Oh yeah, brutal <laughs> racing. But like even even like the last part of Enter the Void where he's just going around the love hotel and it's just people having sex. Oh yeah, like, that's too. it's nuts. There's nothing like that in this. No, he's kind of a fucking perv. He's kind of a I fucking he's pervert. Just, he's definitely a pervert. I think it's just extreme, like everything else. I think he's a fucking pervert. <laughs> I th- seems, and, yeah, I'm not trying to make him seem like he's a bad person because of it. I, th- I think most people are perverts, but Gaspar Noé <laughs> loves to to flaunt his perversion. Sure, but it doesn't feel out of place with the rest of his style, which is excessive. Oh, of course. There's excessive violence, mm-hmm. there's excessive loud music, mm-hmm. and there's excessive nudity and sex. It makes sense. The concept of incest to Gaspar Noé is is a parallel <laughs> to the concept yeah, of... Yeah, it's in of, every movie. It's It's a parallel to the concept of feet for Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, what really helps this film is that it revolves around a bunch of dancers. And the concept Mm -hmm. of this film and what makes it work is essentially just one gigantic choreographed dance, in a sense. Yeah. Like, there's, there's kind of extra layers to how it's purposeful and how it's orchestrated. And even the camera movements are like, you know, a perfect dance, too. Like, everything is super physical. Not to say that it doesn't have great dialogue, but when it comes to the dialogue in the film, as you said, it is very improvised and ad-libbed. So for the scenes where he's got a bunch of them talking with one another, there's all these different shots of essentially people in groups of two. He just decided to get two different actors or dancers who happen to be <laughs> acting in the film, and uh, be like, okay, well, who's who's going to have the most interesting conversations here? Just told them to remain in character, and kind of just left the camera roll, and like apparently just like walked away and like let them talk for a bit, you know? Yeah. And was like, okay, I'll just decide yeah. what, what the most interesting conversations here are in the editing room later, which I think helps make it really natural. You know, the conversations feel really the, real. The party environment felt very real. Oh, yeah. 
and mm-hmm. all they everyone had their own little stories going on and they would all intertwine and butt heads with each other it felt like a real party like that shit mm-hmm. happens all the time it's it was really that whole that whole thing was really well made i like the beginning with the little interviews on the tv mm-hmm. and they have his uh his like vhs collection around the tv and oh, i guess yeah. those were like inspirations mm-hmm. for yeah him of course for the movie. <laughs> Like, I saw Suspiria was there, and I'm like, yeah, the yeah, colors and everything. That reminds me a lot of Suspiria. And I haven't seen most of those movies, but I hope to check those out. Get some more context as to how the fuck he came up with this. <laughs> yeah. Apparent, apparently, the the scenes shot in the snow were literally just him going, oh, hey, it's snowing outside right now. Let's get one of these. <laughs> like, just an impromptu, <laughs> like, hey, let's, we, we could add something in the movie like this. And it works really well. So... Yeah, it does. It kind of goes to show, like, if you're willing to be open to changes and new ideas and just go with the flow and film a movie in kind of a serendipitous way, it can work out, depending on the film. Sometimes it won't (laughs) work at all, but in in a lot of films, it can really work out towards its advantage, like, uh, especially for, for films that are not constrained to large studios and nosy controlling producers you have the freedom to do that so for something like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind the whole carnival scene outside where they where the two characters go outside and there's people on elephants running around and and shit like that was literally Mm -hmm. just them being like oh there's a carnival outside let's go get some shots there and it works really well it's really cool what you can do when when you don't have restrictions on on everything you're filming but on a technical level, it's very rigidly planned. Oh, yeah. You could tell. Which <laughs> it's is just insane. on a story performance level, it's very... What's the word I'm looking for? Improvised. Yeah. And yeah. natural. It's, it's somehow improvised and spontaneous, yet meticulous at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's, it was, yeah. It's an interesting combo. Yeah. No, that, that's what really blew me away with the movie was just the technical direction of all of it, the, especially the camera work. And for every minute it keeps going and there's not a single cut. And oh, I'm just yeah. thinking about the, the planning and execution that had to go down just to get this to work. It was, it was just driving me crazy just thinking about how much work must have gone in to make this all work. Mm-hmm. Cause like yeah. it is the kind of thing that could have easily fallen on its face if, uh, <laughs> if that planning wasn't there. And you can, you can imagine how it could have gone wrong, but. It's just such a unique experience. It's really difficult to talk about, even in some ways, for me. Because mm-hmm. like, I've, I I have a feeling I would enjoy this a lot more the second time around because oh yeah, you just have no idea what you're really in for when the film starts and it and it plays the ending credits like first, and you're just like, wait, did I did I start this wrong or what's going on? Did they <laughs> did they put the footage in wrong or something? And it's like. By the end, there is it, there are payoffs and it does all come together. Um, mm-hmm. But I think because of just how out there and exhibitionist a lot of it is, um, I did find some of it frustrating at points because I just I couldn't really tell what it was trying to build towards sure. or where it was going. But towards the kind of last act, if you could even say <laughs> there are acts, um, <laughs> when there re- it really does spiral into madness and you're kind of like, okay, I I, I see what the, what is going yeah. for here. Just pure, unrelenting chaos and it really gets that across and it is genuinely disturbing because it, oh, yeah. it is listed as a horror movie, isn't it? And for a while I was like, this... <laughs> yeah. like, I, it's it's intense for sure, but I'm not sure if I agree with the horror thing. But then <laughs> things start happening. I'm like, okay, nope, this is <laughs> this is genuinely disturbing. That yeah. contortionist right who's now. like laughing. Yeah. that was fucked up. <laughs> that was oh, man. that was horrifying. 
well, it keeps building on itself in terms of how horrendous it's getting. Um, yeah. I don't want to mention spoilers because you sure. know I'd I'd rather people just watch the movie. But yeah. one thing happens, you're like, gosh, that's that's horrendous. And then another thing happens, and it just keeps layering on, on yeah. top of each other. And so it's like, oh my god, this really did just go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oopsie. Gaspar Noé yeah. does love his uh, weird credits. He does a great job with those. Yeah. They happen in the middle of the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> The other yeah, credits, awesome. the like the 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 cast and crew, yeah, or no, yeah, the starring credit, whatever. What's usually at the start of a movie. I love how stylized they are, like all these different yeah, font choices. It so. works so well, and he obviously mm-hmm. loves this kind of like techno, like house or mm-hmm. whatever. I'm not even sure what the exact genre of music that he uh, consistently uses is, but he really loves that genre. And he really uses it appropriately in a way that I have yeah. not seen other directors do. Like there is a lot of anxiety so well, yeah. in the film that is brought on from the soundtrack for sure. There's, yeah, it has that energy to it. It really drives it along and hammers everything. Like there are out. like scenes in movies that kind of have done that, mm-hmm. like the techno music, like John Wick, I think. Like there's an action scene in a club, and like that mm-hmm. club music in the background adds to the intensity of it. But he brought it to a whole new level because, like, mm-hmm. it's like the whole movie has this fucking blaring techno music, and it only gets more and more um, violent and chaotic sounding as it goes along. So. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, it definitely uh, does not let go <laughs> once no. once it starts. Once once and the, the work too. horrifying insane. things actually yeah. start, it's just like okay, go. <laughs> And it it just it it uh, does not hold back. It does not slow down. It's like a roller coaster ride. Yeah. It's like one of these little horrible events that go down could have been the peak dramatic like point in any other movie. But this is just like the <laughs> it's just like the 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 intro that it eases you in with the first one, and it just keeps mm-hmm. getting worse and worse. Yeah, so we all like the movie. <laughs> That's how yeah, it sounds. Yeah, I fucking love it. And I, d- I did watch it a second yeah, time, too. I too. And uh, I will say that, like, yeah, once you've seen it already, the build-up towards all of the fucked-up shit is more enjoyable. Not like I didn't enjoy it the first time, but the very hypnotic and foreboding sense throughout the entire first part of the film is just so much more present when you understand where it's building towards. It's such a yeah. great build-up, I think. Yeah. I I, I had a, a, a bit of issue with the, that very thing, the kind of pacing for the first half of the movie, because as I say, I was just kind of confused as to where it was going. Because when you, when you hear the premise, you have a certain thing kind of in your head. Mm. When I think of kind of the way LSD is portrayed in movies it's it's not really like this normally they go they lean into the kind of visual side with all the kind of oh, know, yeah. the things yeah. characters are seeing but it's really not like that at all the the camera is kind of detached from what the characters are seeing and it's just this floating monitor that's kind of just documenting what's happening mm-hmm. it bugged me while i was watching it but afterwards the movie has stuck in my head and i'm i'm sure that if if and when I see it again, now I know what's coming. Because I, I, I have that same thing with a lot of movies, where, especially when they are as out there and crazy as something like this. Um, subsequent rewatches only improve it. 
So that that's yeah, that was the main sort of criticism I had from first viewing, and it's it's certainly we, we've all said it. It's not for everyone. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and don't watch it with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a family movie. I have yeah. minor complaints. I didn't like the title cards all that much, like the the random ones that just showed up, and they said like these things. I forgot oh, what I they love said. Him. Like, They're like the Death band names the or something. <laughs> <Shit. laughs> like yeah, I don't, I don't know yeah. what that was. I didn't like that. Um, oh, I loved it. The warp stabilizer sometimes was a little noticeable. Mm-hmm. Did you did you guys notice that? That nope. more, mainly toward the beginning. Nope. Okay, that's only no, something that bothered me then. <laughs> but that's yeah. it. Like those are the only two things I had issue with. Otherwise, it's a fucking great movie. There's a few minor logical issues that I have with it, but. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't detract from it being my favorite movie of 2018, and it doesn't detract from the massive anxiety attack and a half that this film <laughs> offers. And especially yeah, for stressful. people who have had, like, really bad trips on psychedelics, this is this is just a very <laughs> anxiety-inducing film, 100%. And it's great for that. I was trying to figure out if the film is is trying to sort of be anti-drug in any way, or if it is purely just using that as a way to show these crazy visuals and just yeah. this. I think he just wants to show it the way it is. It's not pro or anti anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really think that uh, it, it. But was... you should show this in schools as an anti-drug oh, PSA. God. 100%. It's, like, <laughs> it's like the best anti-drug. Like holy oh, fuck! I never want to touch a drug again in my life after fucking watching it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think it really had a, a concrete political message or anything that it was trying to no. offer. I think it was just... It's just hard to be like, after watching it, and then if someone came over and was like, hey, do you want to try some LSD now? You'd probably be like, <laughs> um, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Get a trip sitter. Be responsible. Yeah. But I think I asked you the first time you saw it, um, if it was so, sort of an accurate portrayal of LSD because I'm no expert on the drug um, so I was wondering what that kind of side of it was like drugs affect different people differently and yeah you know there there's especially if a a certain amount of these people had have never taken the drug before and b they were slipped it unknowingly and c yeah there was a massive quantity <laughs> of this drug that who knows how much of the drugs some of them can consumed it's completely believable for these people to be acting in that way yeah so i i didn't find any issue with that and i i, I found it to be a very accurate portrayal of the kind of i guess uh confusion and insanity and especially the um the, the main actor actress whatever the way that she reacts to everything happening, even even when it's a detail like, you know, she bursts into the room and and like as soon as she sees the the painting of the forest, there's a yeah. moment where she gets entranced into it and she's like <gasps> and like looks at it like that's yeah. totally mm -hmm. fucking accurate where you, you can see, you know, an image of something and, and get sucked into it and be like, oh, I'm in a forest now. And it doesn't explicitly communicate that it doesn't it doesn't spell it out for people who might not have experienced that or might not understand that that's kind of what's happening but i think it works better in that sense because of it like no, it yeah, doesn't it doesn't that. spell everything out for you it's just like wow these people are having some really fucked up things going on in their head right now 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if any of the actors will tried it first to sort of <laughs> give them inspiration. Yeah, who knows? Or if it was just based on descriptions on it, because I remember reading for like, you know, train spottings all around heroin. I mean, mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor kind of <laughs> played around with the idea of taking it to help, but I don't think he did at the end. Yeah, that's a bad I idea. I could see an actor doing that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, I, I think that it is something that you can communicate to an actor as long as they're willing and open to kind of let themselves go and and act really fucked up and yeah you know it, i i think it is something that people can pull off without having personally experienced the drug i guess yeah all the performances are totally like unflinching and you don't you don't like doubt for a second that they've really ingested you know the, mm-hmm. this quantity of, of lsd <laughs> yeah it's it's legitimately insane and and one of the things that this film does well in terms of portraying how these characters are acting is like when you take i guess psychedelics and when you're really fucked up on them like one thing that it will affect is your environmental short-term memory so like as soon as you're in like a different Mm. environment or a different room you can easily forget about things taking place outside of that room and so you get characters who have experience some really fucked up things and all of a sudden you know they just go into a different room and start making out and everything's fine for a second and then you can see them come to terms with it and start to remember like oh wait no this did actually happen and then get sucked back into this this terror that they're experiencing that they were just forgetting about i think that that's super accurate Yeah. yeah i love the um the sets and the use of the one location and they would like go from room to room, and then they'd go back in these rooms later on, and the the lighting would be different, and they'd be mm-hmm. a little more fucked up, like things would be knocked over, and mm-hmm. it gives a different like sense, and it's it, it instills this sense of dread. <laughs> like I love that part of it. Too. Yeah, it's just like it's every aspect of it is perfectly executed. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really helps give the sense that even if the camera isn't following certain character is even if the camera isn't showing you things that are happening there are still things happening where you yeah. can't and see them and you hear it in the background yeah yeah you hear shit going on <laughs> you're exactly. like oh god i wonder what the fuck's going on back there yeah i love films that do that uh, a good example of that would be uh wreck the spanish horror film yeah. that got yeah, remade yeah. into that shitty quarantine movie yeah i <laughs> i really love it when the film has a sense of action taking place that you might not be seeing and it doesn't need to show you every single thing, and it can more or less imply. Yeah, it helps with that natural feeling of the of the piece, because like where it goes towards the end, it 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 almost feels like they've fallen into hell. It, it's so horrendous. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it is like hell. <laughs> but all of that groundwork they they put down in the first half does help that you know make sense and feel grounded towards the end with the way they've constructed it in terms of what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like essential for the for the ending working. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yep. You guys <laughs> said pretty much everything you wanted to say about it. Yeah. It's just so good, and you should all see it. Yeah, at least you just once. have to see it to believe it, yeah. Yeah, Give it a shot. I wouldn't recommend it for the faint of heart, though. There are some people no, who no. could watch this and be in a, a much worse place because of it, and quite honestly, yeah. this movie kind of fucked me up after I saw it. Like, I was, 
I was really? in a like really st- stressed out mood for like an entire yeah. day at least after watching really? it. But that's part of what makes it great. I love yeah, films that make no. you experience something, even if it's an emotion that makes you uncomfortable. I think that the film did its job. Mm-hmm. That's what art is, isn't it, at the end of the day? In the same way that I like being scared, you know? In the same way that I like, yeah. uh, you know, you can enjoy a roller coaster ride. Yeah, I agree. So what, what's your rating? Did <laughs> oh, yeah, you, did we you should... think of a rating, <laughs> yeah, Alex? Let's, let's do a rating. Do you have, do you have, are you any closer to giving it a number rating, or are you still I... just like... Ah, oh, fuck it. Like, you can see it for a second time first if you want. I don't I'm going to hold off till I see it a second time, but right. I, I, I do think it, it, w- it would obviously be somewhere between eight and nine, probably around about there mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, just because of the tech, the technical aspect, it, you just can't ignore it. it. It's so, it's so impressive on that. Let alone everything else they achieve in it. The yeah. everything else, any minor issue I had, I'm sure will be fine on rewatch. What about you, Ralph? I think there's bound to be a classic, or a cult classic, at least. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, know, I could see five that. stars for me. Awesome. <laughs> I've only seen it once. It might go down, but I highly doubt it if I see it again. I, I bet I'll like it even more the second time. Yeah. I give it a nine, but it could change to a ten over the years. It's an nice. uh, amazing film. Let it settle I have a for couple a issues let's, with let's it. See. They're kind of nitpicky, <laughs> and I'm not really gonna go into yeah. them. But yeah. I mean, it, it's not it's not like a perfect, flawless film. But I love it very much, and I you know I I would sooner watch it than a few other movies that I would give a ten. Like I love it personally a lot, and sometimes that influences my rating to whether or not i should give something a 10 so we'll see we'll see what happens it's a nine for now mm-hmm. it's closer yeah. closer to a 10 than an eight <laughs> nice why don't you introduce the thing yeah the movie introduce the movie i, I recommended a movie called after hours directed by martin scorsese it's from 1985 spoilers spoiler uh, warning explain the plot yeah give yeah. us the gist of what this film is so there's an ordinary guy named Paul Hackett, played by Griffin Dunn, who goes on a date to meet this girl and doesn't really have a fun time, so he wanders out and just finds himself lost in the middle of the city with no money and no ride home. And it's just a series of shenanigans and things going wrong. And it's a classic. So what do you guys think of... What's the name of this movie? After Hours. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, Good. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, I, I you wouldn't see say how it's it inspired best, but... um, other movies afterward. These kind of like everything goes wrong adventure kind of movie. Everything goes wrong. Yeah, kind of like Good familiar. Time. Kind of like um, yeah, I don't know Victoria. Kind of like this is kind of the first one. Oh really? And it's played really for laughs. Yeah, uh, um, and it's very fresh and fun. Scorsese made this. He was trying to make Last Temptation of Christ, and I believe the funding fell through or there was some production issue, and he was really upset for a while, and so he just kind of picked up the script because he read it and he thought it was fun. And yeah, it's, it's become like this iconic movie now. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I um, I might disagree with you when you say he's a normal guy because <laughs> I, I kind of felt like he was a bit of an asshole. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's totally an asshole. Kind of a fucking but that's, dick. He's an asshole because he's sick of his mundane life. 
Like, he's that fucking office worker New York type. And then, like, he gets thrown into the, the muck of the city. And he's like, what the fuck am I doing here? I hate this. I just want to go home. And he's kind of a dick, but I just found him hilarious in this situation. Oh, he's yeah. a very lovable kind of dick. I don't... Mm, yeah, he He's relatable in some ways, but I wouldn't call him lovable. I found him to be an absolute asshole. There are so many points in the film, <laughs> and I get that he is, like, <laughs> frustrated, but there are so many points, especially, like, earlier on in the film, where he he blows up completely unwarrantedly. If that's a yeah. word. But that's what makes it funny, is that he's an asshole. If he was a likable guy, it wouldn't be as funny, I think. Well, I You're mean, watching a dick, depend, and then all these bad it. things happen to him. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you could, I, just found, I just found him to be completely unreasonable at points. <laughs> sure. But, but it was still, an interesting, I, I, different way to play it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I oh, think yeah. a lot of the... I think, even though this is a comedy, and I think a lot of us found it funny... It's also, it's got a very dark sense of humor, and there are mm-hmm. things that happen in it that aren't funny. Like, there's suicide <laughs> in it, there's uh, there's crazy, like, violence and shit like that. Sexism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's things in it that are not fun at all. And that contrast and tone is very interesting and makes this stand out even more, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly... I didn't find the film particularly funny, really. I, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was more, it, it was more sort of sad. Yeah, I, I like I like the gim- not sad as in like a bad way, but it it is just kind of sad and like a like a bad dream. It felt like one of those dreams, those recurring dreams you have, where you're kind of stuck and you're meandering around and nothing's going right, and it just keeps going on and on, and you like have no idea what's going on. I thought in that respect yeah. it was quite fun, and I I like the idea of having a main character who just is having a bad time and doesn't want to be there and is just sick of it. <laughs> I thought that was a nice hook. It is kind of like playing off the, the 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 typical way a story like this might go down, the kind of meet cute thing where you meet a girl in a coffee shop and then you can imagine where that would go, but it it, it doesn't yeah. <laughs> for this guy. He just has a horrible, awful night. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Part of what makes him likable, I think, is that he's very proactive in the situation. He doesn't like take shit or wander around like aimlessly. He's always trying to find his way home. He always has a goal and it, he just keeps getting himself deeper and deeper into the situation with everything he does. And that's mm-hmm. what I found so funny about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous and goofy. I love I love how all <laughs> of this just sort of came about because he was looking to escape in a sense. Yeah, you know, like it, I guess he kind <laughs> of like fell for that kind of kind of cliched fairy tale kind of story like i'm gonna go meet this yeah. girl it's gonna be great it wasn't really about the paperweights <laughs> that's what makes yeah. him relatable i suppose i love how things kind of just unraveled for him i, I love a good everything goes wrong movie <laughs> that's one of my favorite yeah. genres and it's also i think it's like a good piece about new york city i think it captures new york city really well and the nightlife of new york city yeah, like how it's, there's just like this lawlessness at night, <laughs> like yeah. everything, like every man for himself at night. It's fun. Mm. It's a very fun idea. It's not like realistic. Have you ever seen a, a a downtown community in New York that's so connected and and uh, <laughs> coordinated or yeah, because unified and capture yeah. capture these burglars. That was a whole fun thing, too. There's, like, these burglars in the neighborhood, and everyone thinks it's him. Meanwhile, these two other guys keep stealing everything. <laughs> that siren was on Ralph's end, by the way, everybody. <laughs> oh, of course. 
Yeah, there's always crime everywhere I go. They heard you I'm in LA about now. There's still sirens outside. Yeah. Yeah. It follows you. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's some really interesting uh, filmmaking in this movie too. I really yeah. love um, mm-hmm. the scene where he's talking on the phone, and it's kind of like a a zoomed in panning shot, and you can tell the camera's like moving a considerable distance around the the room on a dolly as it zoomed mm-hmm. in. Is this I in the beginning? That, yeah, close to the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the... Even in the uh, credits, they did something similar. Yeah, I was about to say, was the fun. credits. Yeah. yeah, that was impressive. There's a lot of impressive cinematography in this. Yeah. There's um, the, the shot where she throws the keys out the window, and that's an infamous shot, because they just threw the camera out the window at the actor, like on a wire, and he like moved out of the way, like at the last second, and they used oh, the shot right. in the movie. That was the oh, only way good. to get it was to throw the fucking yeah. camera off the building with a wire. Jesus, <laughs> God, that's it's a great shot. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> yeah, the editing's really good too. Yep. the film has a really great pace, um, like all Scorsese stuff. He's really good with actors. The characters in this are great, and they, they're they're overplaying it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little cheesy, but they're fun, and every character is very memorable. Yeah, the cheesiness doesn't take away anything for me because I feel like that's all just no. a part of the film's tone. Like it is yeah. intentionally absurd in many ways. Nothing and... about it's realistic. Yeah, like the, no, the yeah. recurring the gag is that he just keeps running into crazy women. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, these characters yeah. Basically everyone wouldn't... he runs into is fucking crazy. Yeah, like you, you probably would never run into this many crazy people in one night realistically. <laughs> but it just keeps no, that's happening. That's what I mean about the, that dreamlike um, quality it has. It, it really does feel like that for me. That's why the sort of logical stuff didn't it didn't bug me in the slightest, especially mm-hmm. towards the end where he gets sort of encased in Pape Mache or Mod Rock or whatever that was. <laughs> like it's so, it's so ridiculous by then. Yeah. And but then with the final shot, you're just like, yeah, like it will just. Uh, <laughs> I was half expecting it to end on him just waking up in his bed. <laughs> 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 Fucking dream. It would have been awful, but I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the logical stuff at the end kind of bugged me. Just the, the paper mache thing. The logic <laughs> like, bothered you about this? There's no, no cars I mean, on the street the whole movie. There's no like pedestrians or anything. Everything the streets are completely empty. Which is unrealistic to New York yeah. City, but that gave the film this certain sense, like, yeah, no one's gonna fucking help you. Which is hilarious because he's like in these one of the most populated areas in the fucking world, basically, mm-hmm. and no one wants to help him. I think part of the reason for that though is also that like it was pissing rain the entire time. Which I thought that that was a really good excuse for the sequence of events in the film like it it kept him rather than him just hitchhiking outside or something it kept him mm-hmm. needing to be indoors you know it it was the excuse for him yeah. entering the bar yeah it was the excuse for him going inside that woman's house and so i i felt like that was a perfectly reasonable good excuse for the conflict in the film did you find it funny adam yeah i found it really i found it really funny and of course you know in, in Scenes like him discovering the dead body. I didn't laugh out loud at that moment. I was kind of like, oh, shit. You know, like there's yeah. some kind of shocking, serious moments yeah. for sure. But overall, I, I I do enjoy dark humor and I do enjoy absurdity. 
and I, I had a good, pleasant time watching it. I thought that it was more funny than anything else, personally. Yeah, I didn't find it laugh-out-loud funny, but I found it kind of kooky, would mm-hmm. be the word I'd use. It's just kind of quirky yeah. and odd, and that's what kept it entertaining and interesting to me. I didn't think it had to be sort of laugh-out-loud, hilarious at every moment, so... There aren't, like, these big jokes or set pieces as much as there are, like, he, Paul would just say funny things. Or, like, yeah. like when he was in the room and he'd flush the toilet and then the toilet overflooded and he was like, fuck! <laughs> like, this is, like, another little thing that went wrong. I thought that yeah. was hilarious. It's just kind of like, yeah, or when, awkward like, moments. That, he's yeah. looking in the window and that guy gets shot and he goes, I'll probably oh, yeah. get blamed for that. That's probably the funniest point in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, not dealing with this. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there were some, I guess, more like subtle, humorous moments, you know, like the the girl who's revealing this terrible thing that happened to her. And then at the end of her, her long story, she just kind of awkwardly stops and is like, so there you are. You know, I, I, it's it's so <laughs> minuscule in terms of the comedic aspect to that. But I, I, I found that kind of funny like oh so there yeah. you are like whatever it was really weird yeah it's just awkward it's kind of yeah so this is one of few films that i didn't watch all the way through with subtitles because the subtitles on itunes were just garbage really yeah More. they yeah. they would appear like way too early consistently oh really yeah That's annoying. they would yeah it was were they kind of annoying long? uh they were somewhat inaccurate in certain parts but not in a, a way that would normally make me turn off subtitles but they were. Uh, it was mainly the timing. Yeah, it was like they were they they spoiled the dialogue, <laughs> basically, and I was just like, oh well, I just got to turn this shit off. So then when uh, that really hilarious character shows up in the uh, apartment, who's really intimidating, and he's such a minor character who only shows up for a tiny bit, I couldn't tell if his name yeah. was Horse or Horace. <laughs> Do you know what his name is? I didn't look it up on IMDb. I couldn't tell. Hmm, let me see. What did you I interpret it as? Horst. It's Horst. 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 H-O-R-S-T. Oh, Horst. I was wrong. Twice. <laughs> yeah, it's Horst. Neither. Okay. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a very odd name. I guess it's Horst. Dutch or something. <laughs> there were quite a lot of gay people in this film. Yeah. Quite a lot of What's that. What's the bar scene all about? Yeah. Is that like a... Downtown New York, 1985 thing. Yeah. Or is it kind of like adding to the humor, <laughs> I guess? Because I guess in 1985, if you're gonna show super gay characters, it's probably for a laugh. Maybe. Well, it, New York City had a huge nightlife too, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm not saying it would be like completely inaccurate the... or anything. Oh yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I guess they were playing it for a laugh because they specifically block that scene so you could very clearly see the like gay guys like <laughs> feeling each other's nipples and yeah. kissing and stuff. The <laughs> the uh, BDSM dudes with their mm-hmm. nipple pinching just kissing at yeah. the bar. Yeah, the, the club scene was very weird. And Martin Scorsese was in that scene. He was um the oh, guy yeah. operating yeah. the the spotlight. Like at the very end at the very end oh, of that yeah. scene hands up to the guy manning that was the really spotlight. Weird. Yeah, nice is that. Yeah. Which is funny, and it's kind of like a like an allegory for the movie almost. <laughs> like yeah, kinda. he's just kind of like shining the spotlight on this one fucking guy who's having a miserable night. I found the uh, Cheech and Chong cameo to be pretty funny. <laughs> you guys know who that is? Uh, I don't know. 
Oh my no. fucking god! <laughs> I guess they're like Canadian, but you don't know anything about Cheech and Chong? I thought they they I've were pretty of, big I've in like America. Yeah, I know the name, but I'm. Yeah, they played the two two dudes that were uh, stealing shit with the thick accents. Oh, so like okay. Cheech Marin okay, plays Bonsai uh, Hyena in The Lion King. I guess Ralph, you wouldn't you haven't even seen that, but yeah, uh, exactly. Cheech, Cheech Marin has got like a very distinct, very funny voice. He's made tons of cameo appearances, both voice acting and otherwise. And Cheech and Chong are basically like just two dudes who did a lot of really bizarre stoner comedies <laughs> throughout the... Oh, right. I forget which decade. was It It must have been like 80s, I guess. But yeah, they're considered... I don't know. Like I, I thought that they were well-known, but it was really interesting that Cheech and Chong had cameo appearances in this film and they were kind of major characters at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were vital. You guys they, don't they even know who purpose. Cheech and Chong are. No. I'd never no. seen them. I've heard of them. Yeah. It's just one of those names you know, but... Uh, what did you think of Howard Scores? Short, uh, no, Howard Shaw's Howard score. Howard <laughs> In my head I was like, I've got to avoid saying that, but I did it. Howard Shaw's score. Howard Shaw's score. I've that good. three times over. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I thought that it fit the tone really well. But I do kind of have a pet peeve for a synthesized trumpet, which was very acceptable in the 80s, but not so acceptable now. Yeah. Synthesized trumpet yeah. does not sound good. It's it's irritating. It was only in one track, I think. But in that track, I was like, eh. It's just one of those things where, like, in the 80s, since we're, you know, relatively new for for synthesizing things like trumpet, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, you could, you could have that in a film score or in a, a song, and people wouldn't get irritated by it because it was like, oh, this is new. And it was less obvious what it was of just some guy dicking around on a keyboard but now it's just irritating otherwise yeah. i thought this well, was for, good. while we're on complaints i do think the movie kind of drags like mm -hmm. i don't know exactly where it's kind of the movie doesn't even really have a structure kind of so yeah. it's hard to see where it's like before he starts getting chased by the ice cream truck and all that it's like in between <laughs> that and the bar stuff i found all that kind of dull or not as interesting as it was before. Like, I think the idea of keeping yeah. up this tone for, like, 90 minutes, it's hard, and I don't mm -hmm. think it, it entirely succeeded for the entire time, but most of it works, and most of the time it is fun. It is a very repetitive movie, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're not, yeah. like, super into the comedy or the, I guess, excitement of what it's offering, then it probably won't be a great film to watch. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I thought that the repetitive aspect was kind of more or less just a part of the joke. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, this is going to happen again and again and again. And it's like, OK, you know, that's kind of what it's going for in that sense. I felt. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I, I barely <laughs> made any notes because it's just like, yep, it, it didn't really say anything profound. But the, the ride was fun. And there it's was enough. Well made. Yeah, it's extremely well made. Really There's a lot to enjoy about it. So yeah, he captures New York City very well. Mm -hmm. he, he's he's the best at that. Him and Woody Allen are the only two who can capture New York City that way. Mm -hmm. He he's more like the the sinister underbelly. Uh, Scorsese mm -hmm. more focuses on that. But 
he captures it super well. Yeah, I have I, yeah. I I have a couple notes of things that I uh, enjoyed here, <laughs> or just things that stick out to me, I guess. I love how when he's having the uh, phone conversation at the beginning, um, and he's talking to the artist girl or whatever, the friend of the girl who he wanted to meet, and then as soon as the girl that he likes picks up the phone, like his entire personality essentially changes. He's like, "Oh, hey!" Like his yeah. voice. Everything mm-hmm. about the way he's communicating mm-hmm. changes, and it kind of just emphasizes that he is kind of a manipulative douchebag. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like this fake, yeah. like New York City office worker type personality, yeah. which is why Scorsese wanted to throw him like in the fucking street. <laughs> and like, let's just see him dance. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I love the shot of the taxi driver's face. When when he's told that the money flew out the window, like that look he gives is just yeah. so yeah. weird. It's perfect. Yeah, that I love was that a great moment. Too. And then the the payoff with that later when he has the money and he takes it, drives away. He's oh perfect. man, I felt I felt bad for the main character at that moment. I was like, come on, yeah, come on. Exactly. But I guess assholes do exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like You're everyone like, in the movie is an asshole. Basically, I would say most of the people he meets are worse than him or weirder yeah. than him. So it makes you kind of root for him a little you bit forgive more. forgive him, yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, at least I understand this guy's motivation. I love how uh, when the girl that he wants to meet finally shows up at the place, he feels like he has to run back inside to pose on the couch. He's so awkward that he couldn't have just said, like, oh, hi, like, as she's coming yeah. up the stairs or something. Like, that was really weird. Kind of funny. Yeah. Because he's just a douche. He's that much of a he's douche. A big douche. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he decided to order a burger as he was leaving that place that he had no intention of returning to. Yeah. <laughs> that was a that was dick move. Yeah. He just do little shit like that too. Do you think his character changed at all? Do you think there was any growth from no. start to end? No, <laughs> I think he remained a douchebag. Isn't that bag. kind of the point? Yeah. yeah. It's like the end, the end with him just going to work and being like, well, here we go again. Like nothing's yeah. different. Well, that was a fun little adventure. Yeah, yeah. Ne- it was like let's never talk about that. Yeah. Kind of thing. If anything, it just convinced him to stay stuck in his routine forever. Yeah. yeah. The outside world is scary. One of the issues that I had with the uh, logic towards the end, you know, not just the whole like, oh, she covers the the hole near the mouth with one piece of paper and suddenly he can't talk. Like that felt kind of dumb to me, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I, that did cross my mind too. Yeah, there's just like tiny moments where it's like, why did he, why did he pull on the rope? Like he thought he could go somewhere, but like you, you wouldn't automatically just pull on a rope that's attached to a, a bucket of glue. Like you would, you theoretically, if you're climbing up a rope, you would have to see it mm-hmm. leading somewhere outside and not just a bucket of glue. So that was weird. But I mean. It, <laughs> I don't know. I I felt like those, there those, possibly yeah. they, could they have could been have written that a little better. There could have been better excuses to get him where he needed to be at the end of the film. Like I mm-hmm. could have dealt without the paper mache part altogether. In that sense, like it was a fun callback. No, like oh yeah, okay. they're stealing they a, to... another thing. But like I don't know. It that's that's where the logic turned a little annoying for me because the throughout the entire rest of the film, like, yeah, it's ridiculous and there's no reasonable way that a person would have this kind of night, 
um, where mm-hmm. everything goes this horribly wrong mm-hmm. and he runs into this many deranged, crazy people. But in that sense, I don't know, it, it still felt like possible. It still felt, although improbable, like something that could happen to the unluckiest person ever. But then just yeah, near, the, near like the end, that, it was like, eh. It, 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 it deflates the humor when you do something like that. Because you're just thinking of, like, why didn't you just do this instead of yeah, laughing yeah. at the joke? So, yeah. But at the same time, it was supposed to get more cartoony as it goes along. Like, it it clearly progressively gets more and more over the top to where, like, the last ten minutes is, like, a farce. And mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the point. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. If the bar owner was going to close down his bar to check to make sure he was gonna not stealing stuff, then why didn't he just do that in the first place instead of getting him to go to his apartment with the key? Yeah. Reasons? <laughs> yeah. Just things have to fuck up. It's sort of the goal mm-hmm. of the movie. And there are some instances where the excuse is better than others. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I found kind of interesting, you don't uh, you don't really often see too many... Uh, shirtless scenes with guys of that uh, figure and chest hair anymore. Oh, yeah, he was a very hairy That's true. man. Yeah, not yeah. just hairy, but, like, scrawny and weird. He's got, like, a unibrow, too. <laughs> scrawny and weird. <laughs> I mean, like... Yeah. He's, like, a very, very atypical <laughs> protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. That's why just... I liked him. He oh, just, yeah. It was an odd protagonist. Yeah, it was kind of funny yeah. in that way. I, mean, I think he had great comedic timing and great uh, delivery. As well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. What else yeah. do we have to say about After Hours? It sounds like yeah, that's everything we have to say about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a fun little ride. Favorite line in the film? I think it was that one. The when the guy gets shot and he says, "I'm going to get blamed for that." Yeah, that was that was my favorite <laughs> one as well. Absolutely <laughs> my favorite. I really enjoyed the lady. No, my name is Gail. Lady, no. <laughs> I love that little yeah. back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking hilarious yeah. too. A lot of a yeah. lot of great moments, and I uh, I don't know. It, it's it's difficult to consider this anything but a comedy. Like, yeah, it's dark, but at its heart, I think it is going for laughs. So it's weird, Alex, that you didn't really see it as. Yeah, I don't. A normally, it's my movie. kind of. It's like this is normally my exact kind of humor, but I I barely laughed. But I wasn't bored or annoyed. Like I just, it didn't tickle me for some reason. I don't know why. I I honestly couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that. <laughs> that's yeah, that. It's just a cute little um, movie. If you had to give it a rating, because so I give it a four out of five. I have minor issues with it, but I think it's a really fun movie, and really well made, and and I love uh, Griffin Dunn. Four out of five. What do you guys think? Uh, I'd, I'd give it like a seven. seven. It's kind of like the, the exact definition of a seven to me. <laughs> seven out of five. Yeah, you're you're going back four. to the ten rating score. It used to be out of five. You're so uh, inconsistent. Because people just. Yeah, I, I don't know how we flipped. Remember, Alex right. used to not have a rating system at all, and you didn't have the one out of ten. <laughs> this is why I'm and I used existed. to have the one out of ten. No, because what happened And now I changed the one out of five. And I you rate something on Letterboxd. I'm giving this a C plus out of six. <laughs> I rate something on Letterboxd, which is a star system, but then people uh-huh. take my score and turn it into a number anyway, so you just can't avoid it. But then, but then if I don't commit to something, then when we all say a score at the end, it's going to be 
<laughs> one number and then two star ratings. So I'm always like, which should I go with? I normally just say whoever, you know, whatever the first person said, whatever number or star system yeah, they <laughs> But now I do the star rating. The star system is also a number rating because it's a number of stars out of a greater yeah, number that's what of I mean. stars. It's still a <laughs> like number a, rating, even ten if it's a star system. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so four out of five. Three and a half no, stars. Three and a half. There we go. Three, three and a half, half stars. Yeah, that, that's the equivalent of a seven, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh my god, so confusing. <laughs> I'm giving this one a seven out of ten. Boy, our ratings were all Boy. very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to really think about it again, particularly. It was cute. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I don't think it's one of his best. Uh, I yeah, mean, it's just an enjoyable ride. Scorsese. I think it's a fun little experiment. Scorsese's made so many different kind of that's, movies. Yeah, that's how it felt. And, and I, I love that he made this. I think this is a fun little endeavor. Yeah. And then he made uh, Last Temptation of Christ after, I think, which was like his passion project. Yeah. So he went from like this serious like a uh, religious story to fucking this stupid it's little goofy movie. Ass. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love seeing different yeah, directors experiment with different genres. Mm-hmm. He has made so many different kinds of movies. It's insane. That's why he's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. There's some directors that stick with one genre so often or one tone so often that when they break into something else and do it successfully, it's like, holy shit. Like, the director of mm-hmm. The Sisters Brothers, like, that's easily the funniest movie he's ever made. And it's still depressing in many ways, but that's easily yeah. the most comedic one that he's ever made. Yeah. And then something like funny. The Coen Brothers and, and like, uh, No Country for Old Men. It's like, that's easily mm-hmm. the darkest yeah. film that they've made, and they pull it off really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like Scorsese mainly does crime stuff. He does it the best, mm-hmm. 100%. But he's got Hugo, which is a fucking kid's movie, and he has oh, yeah. Shutter Island, which is like a horror thriller, and Silence, which is like this weird um drama. I love Silence. I didn't like the other two. Though. I love Silence, too. You didn't like uh, Hugo? No. Yeah, I was Hugo, I about Hugo. Was great. I didn't like yeah. Shutter Island, either. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Age of Innocence. Um, Haven't seen it. It's like a period piece. Yeah, great. Cape Fear. Like, he's got so many different kinds of, of styles and, and genres under his belt. Mm-hmm. Time for uh, <laughs> questions? Yeah. Is it question questions. time, guys? Are we going to go into the fan questions that they left on the Sardonicast Reddit on the thread that oh. Ralph normally put? But <laughs> I want to mention this week, I didn't, I didn't put the question thread up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was like my thing this week. I figured, like... I, I wanted like... to see what would happen. I oh, figured really? either you, moderator or You did that intentionally? Adam... I did. <laughs> so every, So every... Because I, I change it up every week. Like what, the, change the it up by not thread. doing it? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Really subverting expectations I figured it'd here? be funny. Oh, yeah. It's so confusing. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, I'm on, I'm on Reddit, you know, often. If I'm going to go on Reddit, yeah, I'm going to figured... check either the YMS subreddit or the Sardonicast subreddit. I noticed like several posts being like, uh, Ralph forgot <laughs> to put the questions out there. <laughs> so I had this thought I in my head. I figured either the, I, the I, moderators would do it or you would do it. Well, I, I considered it was very nice like, you typing me. a I was message to a message. you in chat, but then I was like, well, I could just do it. <laughs> so yeah. I did it. <laughs> You're a little troll, aren't you, Ralph? You're just trolling us. You're a liar. It was going to end my channel first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, for those who want to get their questions answered, head over to the suggestion thread that may or may not <laughs> be there. <laughs> this this week it'll be there, I promise. Oh, you promise? Because your promises yes. mean so much, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, we can never trust I you again, swear. I'm afraid. Pinky oh, swears, really? I don't joke around. Yeah, sure. <laughs> pinky swear over Discord. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I can reach your pinky from here. You can, what if you're crossing your fingers? We can't see you. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's let's start with one from Junior Green Junior ninety nine, who says, "Who do you think is the biggest asshole in Hollywood and why?" Who <laughs> boy? Who pops into your mind when you think assholes? Got plenty to choose from. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um... Brie Larson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, it depends what kind of. What kind of comment you're going for? Because you could say something like yeah. Harvey Weinstein. That's pretty serious. I would say that's right? the answer. I'd <laughs> like, say he's probably biggest the biggest asshole, asshole in Hollywood. Like, that's a good <laughs> one right there. But if we're talking about people that aren't, like, rapists, then... <laughs> yeah, let's try and be more, like, you know, just douchebag <laughs> kind of yeah. artists kind of people that annoy you kind of mm. level. And leave out the actual that, criminal I feel bad, stuff. Because I feel like there's so many genuine assholes here that I don't want to make fun of, like, just some douchebag who's, like, <laughs> harmless, you know? Like, I could say, like, oh, Ryan Seacrest or something. <laughs> but he's not hard, He's not hurting anybody. Unless he did something I'd never heard of. It's Hollywood. They probably did. Yeah. Some news will come out how he yeah, fucking cover did for something each other. horrible. <laughs> Everyone's gonna get Me too eventually. It's fucking Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of the most upvoted questions. People want to know. Yeah. Biggest assholes. Well... Michael Bay, I don't like. Michael Bay makes really obnoxious, assholey movies. <laughs> um... That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, J.J. I f- Abrams and his involvement with 10 Cloverfield Lane <laughs> makes me feel like he's kind of a fucking asshole. <laughs> That angers you, I think it? he just wants to make money. I don't think he's an asshole. I'm yeah. well. I mean, if money comes before any other principle, then you're kind of an asshole. That's true. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. If you're trying to keep everybody employed and you want to do the, make the movie do well, you change it to Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is what he did, and I'm sure everyone benefited financially from that. Even though the artistic integrity of the movie suffered, but but that's you know. uh, I kinda it's not like it's not like here. an assholey decision. It kind of is. It, it doesn't hurt anybody. It kind of is. You changed <laughs> you changed the vision of the film, and you basically yeah. held this this idea of money over this guy's head, and like, oh, you want to make money, don't you? You gotta s- sacrifice your artistic integrity to do that. You know, I don't like I don't like mm-hmm. that as a concept. And the power that J.J. Abrams has to be able to promote and market something, he didn't need to change it to Cloverfield, okay? Like, he, he could just advertise the fuck out of it. He's got power in Hollywood. He didn't need to do that. Advertising works. It really does. And, yeah, changing it to Cloverfield is a form of advertising for sure. Like, it is a part of the marketing, and it got people to see it. I don't think that that was the only way I that could have I think it got a happened. lot of people to see it. I think that's the reason it got, like, a huge theatrical release like that. I th- is because yeah. of what he did. I think he's powerful enough that he could give something a huge theatrical release if he just wants it to have one. Well, it's not just about him. There's other producers involved as well, mm-hmm. I'm sure. It's not just, like, his decision alone. Yeah. And it made fucking $110 million worldwide because of that decision. Really? 
Gosh. Yeah. Well, who knows yeah. if so it would have been successful I don't know if it would have made that. that. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll never know, but if some movie came out called The Underground Bunker or whatever, <laughs> and didn't have Cloverfield <laughs> attached to it, it would have made no fucking money. It certainly wouldn't have made $110 million like that. Um, other assholes that come to mind in recent memory, uh, Spike Lee... The many asshole things he's <laughs> yeah, done. That's yeah. a pretty good Especially, face. I don't know if you guys watched my review, but I, I kept the little a little clip at the end of him being asked, like, oh, so uh, which one of your films would you like to see reimagined or reinterpreted in the future? He's like, none. Never. I would never let that happen to one of my movies. Like, as he's being interviewed yeah. for his old boy remake, like, come on. <laughs> Have some self-awareness, dude. That's hilarious. That makes yeah. him a bit of an asshole right there. And then some other shit that I don't want to get into too much detail about, but I mentioned in my review anyway. Steven Spielberg, his recent comments on Netflix, yeah. that's kind of yeah. a fucking asshole thing. I feel There's a like, lot yeah. of assholes in Hollywood <laughs> if, if we're the just going to talk about like, assholes. Biggest douchebags in Hollywood might be a bit more fitting. Yeah. You know, I don't well, see Spielberg as an asshole either. Yeah, you know, I... I feel like there's people that fit the bill of douchebag that I'm just not thinking of at this moment, and I'll beat myself up about it later. Like Charlie Sheen <laughs> is an obvious one. I didn't want to like mention him, but <laughs> I guess he's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. He's still around here, I think. To be honest, I-, I get a bit of a douchey vibe from Quentin Tarantino whenever I've seen him in interviews. And in stuff. a way, yeah. yeah. I think he's just like, kind of a weird guy, the movies, too. But... Yeah, exactly. It's just the way he comes across as like, yeah. all right, Quentin, chill yeah, a bit. He's very mate. eccentric personality. <laughs> yeah. There's that video of like someone recording him with his phone, oh, yeah. and then like Tarantino yeah. tried to beat him up or something. Well, there's that <laughs> interview where he's like screams, "I'm shutting your butt down" and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a few cringy down. moments with him for sure, but he's but such Zach a weird Snyder. guy. Zack Snyder, yeah, sure. Yeah, these sort of artiste, like, this is my vision. Uh, but, but they make, like, sucker punch kind of stuff. These are like, come on, man. <laughs> You're going right to uh, directors. I guess we all are. There's no, like, movie stars, no actors. Um, <sighs> Will Smith is kind of douchey, but I don't hate him. Nah, Will Smith's a likable guy. I just is don't he? like his movies. I mean, when you compare him to Mel Gibson and fucking, oh, yeah. like, come on, this, the other people in Hollywood oh, yeah. were way worse than him. Way worse than him. Yeah. Does this count the, the like the music industry too? Because I sure. guess there's a lot of Hollywood. musicians here. Yeah, do yeah. it. So fucking like Chris Brown. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. What a fucking or, asshole. Uh, Kanye West is kind of an asshole, even though I love his music. He's also, like, really bipolar. I'm more forgiving when it comes to people where yeah, it's like, yeah, he's got... they're just crazy and they, they, you know, you can't take them too seriously. When it comes to, like, Chris Brown, it's like, okay, you've had many, many instances where you've been a violent piece of shit and you haven't learned your lesson at all. And you're trying to pretend you're mm-hmm. a victim here in this situation where you've pummeled someone's face in. Come on. That's an asshole thing. No remorse. Whereas Kanye, I just consider him to be very confused. Yeah, but he does a lot of fucking assholey things. Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, he does shit like all his, the time. I'm gonna let you really finish. Either and, mean and all or that, rude but... or like, why'd you do that? That was yeah. stupid. <laughs> why'd you yeah. say that about fucking people? I a consider of... it very important in my own personal philosophy to assume ignorance before I assume malice. If you're ever confused mm-hmm. about whether or not someone's doing something 
maliciously mm-hmm. or because they're stupid. I always just assume stupidity unless I have better reason to assume that they're being malicious. I think that's a pretty yeah. responsible way to view people in general. Mm-hmm. I think people are often too quick to assume that someone's trying to be malicious when they could just, in fact, be very ignorant about something. What about someone like um, Amber Heard? What do you think of that whole thing with... Oh, is that Johnny Depp's that ex? Drama? Uh, yeah, yeah the I'm, one from I'm confused on that whole situation, right? Uh, so, yeah, well... from what I know, Johnny Depp... Some people say Johnny Depp um, domestically abused Amber Heard. Yeah, But then the some people are saying Johnny Depp is innocent and Amber Heard's lying. Well, apparently That's she abused like him. Stories. Apparently, like, she almost chopped yeah. off one of his she fingers was... or some shit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I didn't even and know so, about that. Yeah, now this, he's suing her. This whole her. story is just a mess, so I try to stay out of it. Oh yeah. shit! Which, if that's true, then she's a major, gigantic asshole. Obviously, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this list can go on forever. I mean, yeah. this is yeah, Hollywood we're talking about here. Yeah, the the, the uh, profession of of being a famous celebrity, whether it be from acting or music or whatever, it attracts a lot of sociopaths. A lot of people who can manipulate their way to the top and just be complete assholes to everybody. It's it's the type of thing that sociopaths are attracted to. Yeah, and they want they want power and they want to abuse that power. Yeah, exactly. Usually for sex. It's a lot of people here just abusing their power for sex. Mm -hmm. It's fucked up. Yeah. Not for art. Mm. Like Harvey. Or Bill Cosby, fucking another yeah. horrible. Well, that's just a monster. You can't even call him a, uh, an asshole. Yeah, this, <laughs> he's gone too monster. far. <laughs> yeah. I'd find the, a question easier to answer if it was, <laughs> who in Hollywood are you most scared of? <laughs> most scared there are loads of actors I find like I would be really scared of. One of them being like Christian Bale. <laughs> I'm really scared <laughs> of him for some reason. And Tom Hardy. I'm like scared of all these actors. I'm like I really like you in these movies, but I, I wouldn't want to interact with you because I'm because he's sure. seen him freak out <laughs> before or what? I don't know. They just have a presence. Like have, have you ever seen like Tom That's Hardy funny. in interviews? He can be oh, yeah. quite aloof. So I can imagine like asking an innocent question and then he'd like take oh, it personal dude. or something and just go in. Yeah. <laughs> did you see did you see the clip of him answering a question at TIFF where somebody asked if he's bisexual or something? And he yes. just fucking destroyed they asked, him. They asked about his sexuality <laughs> in his films. Yeah. That was brilliant. Just embarrassed I mean. the fuck <laughs> out of this reporter. <laughs> oh, I have an answer for biggest asshole. Uh, Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence strikes me as like a douche. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, that's my pick. Did you see that one with the that journalist that she had a go at, um, who was like looking at his phone? Oh yeah. Um, in one of the interviews, but it just turned yeah. out he was translating what she was saying, so yeah. he could understand what was going on. It's <laughs> so had, like, bizarre. Because when she first came onto the scene with like Winter's Bone and then Hunger Games, and yeah. she started becoming a really popular a- actor, actress or whatever. Silver Linings Playbook. People fucking loved her. People loved her. And, and people yeah. saw her like trip and stumble at accepting her Oscar and like, haha, she's just like a normal person. She's like us. And then very quickly, mm-hmm. the public perception wound up changing when it's, I guess, perceived this way. I don't I don't know the person, obviously, but it, it seems as though she just got corrupted by this this idea of like fame and self-importance that she just all of a sudden started yeah. acting like a major yeah. douchebag to people like i am on top of the world <laughs> and you're nothing peasant sort of thing like mm-hmm. yeah 
I think I think that kind of yeah. thing can corrupt people, and I'm not sure if that's what happened in this. It happens scenario, all the time, for sure. But I think for that sure. that's a very real thing, because it's a different yeah. world. Fame makes you think you're like a god. Yeah. <laughs> well, people treat you like one too. That's part yeah. of the problem. So, is that and people, so they go out there. People idolize these people to a ridiculous degree, and all of a sudden, everybody interacting with you is just a yes man who will laugh at every mm-hmm. single shitty joke you make. Nobody's fucking real. You know, I, I think that that does turn people yeah. into massive douchebags, and it's important to And they have... feel like they can say anything, and people will love it. And then they say something, like, in public, and everyone goes, like, what the fuck? <laughs> because, like, yeah. we, we're not, like, enabling her. Or yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. People on the internet yeah. who aren't constantly trying to suck up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Who aren't, who aren't looking like, to what, social climb. Why the climb fuck did you say that? That's just and, a rude thing to say. And get their script produced. I, I don't know those... I don't know this story too well, but she was filming a movie in Hawaii, and there was, like, some, like, ancient stone or something that was, like, priceless and really valuable, and she used it to scratch her butt, and it fell down a hill and almost killed somebody. What? (laughs) Yeah, it was something like that. I've never heard of it. It really happened, yeah. It happened while she was filming a movie. I heard about it from friends of mine. Yeah, because they were there. Oh. So we wouldn't be able to find an article to confirm this, and this is just anecdotal. Oh, I don't know. Right? I don't know, but you might. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> sure, I can. Say, I'll say allegedly, but yeah. I mean, it's a great fucking story. I'm not. I'm not not going to share that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Bunch of bunch of gigantic douchebags, and you know, yeah. in in some ways, it's. I think. I think most of it. They're just transformed into these kind of people just based on how other people interact with them. Because everyone sucks up to everybody. Yeah, if everyone's telling you you're great all the time, I mean, it's a very fake city because everyone wants favors from each other. Exactly. So they're all nice to each other. Everybody is a fucking social climbing fake asshole. L.A. is fucked. But they all really hate each other. It's like a really sick environment. Yeah, like literally, (laughs) everybody's just thinking like, how can I manipulate this other person? How can I take advantage of this other person and use them, basically? I hate L.A. Yeah. Yeah. I am not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here now, and I've, I've encountered I'll visit there again, like but yeah. Jesus Christ. It's just, it's yeah. one of the most depressing places on the planet. Really? No, I don't think it's one of the most depressing places. I think it's there's a, a lot facade. Of fucking, it's like it, Disneyland. It, it, no, it attracts a lot of sick people like that <laughs> who are fucked up and sociopaths. There's plenty of good people like anywhere oh, else, yeah, but there's true. plenty of people who are fucking shitty. I'm not saying everybody and in LA is, is, is that. You know, there's a lot yeah. of nice people everywhere, but there's a gigantic concentration of sociopathic, mm. manipulative assholes in LA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do one from the Eog Show, who says, "What is the worst movie title of all time?" We have oh, plenty fuck. to pick from. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh my god, this I is perfect. <laughs> I have a good one. To start with. Uh, you, you guys remember Legend of the Guardians: The Owls of Gahul? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's pretty a good. good. Bad title. Yeah. <laughs> that's a yeah. That's a bad title. Um, the Planet of the Apes movies have terrible titles. The new oh, God. War, War the for the planet, the planet of the yeah. Apes. You should not have two Rise of the planet in a title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a bit much. Just Rise of the Apes. Dawn of the Apes. What's yeah. wrong with that? But then it doesn't have yeah, Planet of the Apes in, in the title, and it can't connect to the previously existing property. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is Planet of the Apes. This is not Planet of the Apes in the title. So um, earlier I was talking with my roommates a few days ago about uh, the uh, Seltzer and Friedberg guys <laughs> that... Uh, oh, movie. No. Yeah. Um, date, date movie, movie and... epic yeah. movie, disaster movie, all that one. bullshit, yeah. And so they have a, a title in pr- production. I might have mentioned this a while ago on the podcast. I don't know if this is actually happening. Their newest film is titled Star Worlds Episode XXXIVE equals MC2 colon The Force Awakens you The Last you. Jedi Who Went Rogue. That's an awful, awful title. I thought I thought they'd oh. gone. Yeah, I thought they still died. around, are they? Yes. I thought they made their money around. Well, ran. it's listed Come on IMDb. Just... They've been making movies that nobody's been watching. They made a parody of Fast and the Furious called Superfast in 2015. Right. They made a Hunger Games parody, The Starving Games. Nobody watched that. I think people just got sick oh, of them. I, I have a good one. Have you guys ever heard of Inappropriate Comedy? Oh, that's terrible. That's the name of it. Yeah. Oh, God. Because the movie like takes place within an app or something, so it's Inappropriate. Yeah. Fuck, it's such a stretch. <laughs> Any kind of title that references internet culture in a way is bound to be shitty. Hashtag horror. Yeah. Fuck off. Selfie from hell. Yeah, <laughs> that's selfie so from hell. <laughs> Jesus. There's too many terrible titles out there that fit that bill. I just hate the bland, like, one-word ones. Um, like, abduction or something. Like, you know those? Unfriended. Like, yeah. <laughs> unfriended is really no, Unfriended's bad. an okay one. I, no, I that's guess it makes, really lame. It gets the point across for it's, sure, but it is yeah, pretty fucking lame. Yeah, it gets the point lame. across. Unfriended if, Dark if the Web, goal that's was a good to actually title. Scare me? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a terrible one, undeniably. But, yeah, Unfriended is one. like a goofy horror title. Like if you're making like a, a horror comedy, you call it Unfriended, you know? Like the fact that they made that the title for a serious horror movie is funny. It's like a it's a stupid pun. Yeah, that, that is funny. <laughs> yeah, there's a about, there's a like, bunch of um, there. I really dislike Batman v Superman, <laughs> Dawn of Justice. I think that's such a bad title. You could put versus. <laughs> you could put VS. Yeah, why not just Batman versus Superman? <laughs> why be it around long. the bush? And Dawn of Justice, is it? <laughs> yeah. I don't like Phantom Menace. I don't like that title. I don't understand. It doesn't feel like a Star the Wars Phantom title. Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like off. With the rest it's of like them. you just got you just yeah went on thesaurus.com and was just searching for big words and was like yeah phantom. Is there a phantom menace? Menace. I th- I think it's. Is Darth referencing... Maul phantom menace? No, it's not Darth Maul. Surely it's um the Chancellor or Palpatine or whatever, Palpatine? right? He's the Surely that's menace? the phantom menace because he's the one that like turns. I guess. I don't it's know. So the weird. fact we even have to like question it is like, what? We know who the <laughs> but Half-Life it's like a new hope. Revenge of the Sith. Those are good fucking titles. Mm-hmm. Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just me that made me. <laughs> no, you're right. There's a uh, a title of a 1984 film that has turned into a meme, but it's a real movie title. Breaking to Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, that's a great title. That's great. That's yeah. my favorite title. <laughs> Do you guys remember that movie with Lucy Liu? Um, Ballistic X versus so- Sever? Is that it? What? Ballistic, <laughs> Ballistic X, X versus... versus Sever? Yeah. That is awful. I can't even yeah, tell what you're saying. <laughs> you having a stroke right now? <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Banderas is in it? One I can't stand is 
triple X. I think that's such a yeah. bad title. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's secretly genius because if you try and torrent the film, you will find nothing but porn. <laughs> it is it's an anti piracy title. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so I've got uh I've got uh <laughs> The uh, bottom 100 movies open. There's number four. We got The Hottie and the Naughty, starring Paris Hilton. Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. That's a movie. <laughs> Leonard Part that's Six is probably on there. Fucking awful film. <laughs> awful title. There aren't even six of them. <laughs> yeah, that was the one that stuck out to me the most, I guess. I don't see a lot of. What about that that, that Tom Cruise movie that has such bad names? They keep changing the bad name to worse names. <laughs> The Edge of Tomorrow or Live Die Repeat, oh. yeah, or whatever new one they came up Live with. Live Die Repeat. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> that was so dumb. Speed to Cruise Control. <laughs> yeah, a lot of sequels have terrible, like Garfield: The Tale of Two Kitties. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Alvin and the Chipmunks chipwrecked. Yeah, chipwrecked. And the squeakwool. Uh, the squeakwool. Oh the my god. Road, road chip. chip. Yeah, oh. the road chip. That one's not clever at all. <laughs> yeah, the road I, chip. I think a lot of terrible titles exist as like the subtitle part of the of the title. It's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> they have no restraint. This time it's personal. Uh, anymore? Should we do a different one? I um, think we can move on. We got some, yeah. we got some pretty good ones in there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. B Dog Seven One Seven One asks, "What live action movie would be better if it were animated? What flings into your brain?" Hmm. hmm. This is a good question. Would be better animated? Yeah. A live action movie that would be better if it were animated. I think any live action movie that has terrible CG in it would be better if it were an- yeah. animated because yeah. then everything would at least feel consistent if the whole thing was CG or something. Yeah. My answer would be, yeah, all these stupid big blockbusters like the new Pacific Rim movie or anything that requires that amount of CG work to the point where it's basically already an animated movie, but mm-hmm. you have these human actors in it, so it just it looks terrible and it breaks yeah. your brain because of the... You can tell how crappy it looks because they're not real. What would be significantly improved by animation, I think, is uh, Valyrian. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like a thousand planets. Yeah. I think if that was like 2D animated, it would be less uncanny valley, and you wouldn't have to deal with like sure. Dahan. Probably less expensive acting. too. <laughs> less expensive. Yeah. Like I just feel like it would have just been better overall. I, I think, think a lot of a few like that. superhero movies would be better animated. Mm-hmm. It fits the that like tone better if it was because you know being a well look how good Spider Verse was with its presentation yeah. that's the kind of yeah. thing you could be seeing if, instead of like Venom <laughs> yeah <laughs> right well like imagine like them, about... that Jared Leto Morpheus movie is coming out next that's going to be the next like funny one supposedly like it just you can just picture how awful and bland it's going to look at least if it was animated it might be a little bit interesting <laughs> yeah. from a visual level. There's some movies I'd like to see animated, but I don't think they'd be better. But like Blade Runner would be cool if it was like an animated, 2D animated movie. What the new one yeah. or the original? Any of them, either of them. It's just that world. I kind of cool. disagree. It in 2D I, I wouldn't. Cool. I wouldn't want to see that one animated. Like part of the the whole charm is like the set design and special Why effects not? and props and. 
Yeah, sure. But in 2D, that'd be cool, too. It's all the same. It's it the same really world. Wouldn't. It's just 2D animated. You can explore it differently. And I like that um that 2D Blade Runner short they made before the new movie came out. Oh, yeah? Out. That yeah, was the yeah. best one out one. of the three that they made, those three shorts. Hmm. How about uh, Lover? <laughs> yeah, I guess that would have been cool. Two D animated, anime. <laughs> it's not really. There's nothing that like extravagant in it. Yeah, I, w- I would want it to be an anime. There's there's a lot of animated anime. movies that exist where y- you wouldn't even imagine that conceptually it would work super well as an animated movie, but it does. Like there was that documentary called Tower, and they animated that. Yeah, yeah and it, that was it, great. It benefited it very well, and it you know it had a sense of purpose towards it being presented in that way there's like some i guess uh link later films like uh waking life and scanner darkly, scanner darkly. that you know mm-hmm. it, it adds a lot to the experience the rotoscoping and and there's a lot more that they can do with it because of that any movie could be animated but it all depends on how much purpose there is towards it being presented in that way because there's so many yep. movies that exist <laughs> that are animated yeah. that also might as well not be. There's movies that exist where the animation, it's just like, okay, well, this is, you know, just like a a bland kind of standardized animated movie that could have been live action. There wasn't really any point to it being animated. Like anything Illumination has made, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Megamind? <laughs> like a lot of DreamWorks movies are like that. Boss Baby. As much as I like How to Train Your Dragon, I guess that could be live action. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, interesting thing to think about anyway. I just yeah, It's annoying that animation is kind of considered a a genre for like instead of a just a technique. Yeah. yeah. For telling a story cuz when you get films like Anomalisa which <laughs> are animated but exactly. they're still adult and and can deal with such interesting themes like it's so so expressive. You can do anything. Well like Mary and Max we talked about on the cast or mm-hmm. uh, Fantastic yeah. Planet. It's just endless, the possibilities for it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really great uh, interview clips with Charlie Kaufman and Duke Johnson on Anomalisa, where they talk about kind of their gripes with the Oscars and being in the same category as Pixar's Inside Out, when in reality they're completely fucking different movies. Yeah, you know? they couldn't be more different. Yeah, go search up those interview clips later. They're really worth watching. Okay, we have a, a question that's kind of been buzzing around, and I see a lot of people talking about it in the community. Um, this is from SirMan5152, and we've kind of talked about it before, but this is based around these Michael Jackson allegations, and if mm-hmm. they're true, for example, can you separate the art from the artist, and can you still enjoy his music, or more broadly, you know, anything along these lines, whether it be finding out about Kevin Spacey and what he did, and you know, there are countless examples at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hard one. I I personally don't find it difficult at all to separate art from the artist. There's mm-hmm. very rare instances where <laughs> I find myself contradicting that, like Chris Brown. You know, I mentioned before uh, him doing mm-hmm. uh, collaborations with Lil Dicky and with uh, Joyner Lucas kind of made me not like those two artists as much because <laughs> it didn't feel necessary at the same time. And I don't even think that Chris yeah. Brown's music is all that great. I was just like, oh, why are you doing this? But I don't know when it comes. I can still love a great Roman Polanski film and Michael Jackson's music sure is fucking catchy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that 
because a person might be a monster, I don't think that that means that their artistic work is any less valuable. Because I think that that's a completely separate conversation. Yeah, I just think people have an issue when these horrible people are profiting um, while still being able to get away with it. I think that's the issue people have. Because yeah. when you're appreciating art from people who are, you know, decades or hundreds of years dead, you, it's not really it doesn't really cost your mind, does it? If you're appreciating a painting from yeah. someone who might have been like a serial killer or whatever. <laughs> now the money is just going to Michael Jackson's relatives. Yeah. So that I think that does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, but at the I same time, I also feel like, what, they're rich anyway. What are you going to do, like, cut them off? Like, oh, no, boo-hoo, I'm going to cry in my pile of money in my mansion. Like, Harvey Weinstein's fucking <laughs> fine. It doesn't matter if he's going to produce yeah. another movie in, in the rest of his life. Like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it, it just it's it like, feels I don't have a guilty useless. conscience one watching a Weinstein company-produced movie, though, is the difference. Whereas, like, Michael Jackson... The, the link with because filmmaking so collaborative you know with the, michael jackson yeah. and his music there's more of a sort of personal connection there people yeah. take it really literary don't they yeah, more yeah. that's what i was going to say i think it depends on the art too like stand-up comedians and singers i think it's harder yeah. to separate than like an actor in a in a movie or like kevin spacey's an actor in a movie uh, yeah. there are tons of other people who work on a movie fucking exactly tons. and sort of like to value the whole to, de- to devalue like all of American beauty because he's in it, I don't know. I don't. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of fucked up. But, like Louis C.K., he's a stand-up comedian, and what he says coming out of his mouth is, is what he thinks. Mm-hmm. It's a little more personal. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, he is his product. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a complicated issue, that's for sure. <laughs> and it's really you know, and there's no solid answer because it basically varies based on the person. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody's committed a crime. They shouldn't escape justice, right? So if they serve their yeah. time and you still enjoy their movies or their music or whatever, then fuck it, why not? It's not like they're any. Yeah. It's not like they're getting that much richer off of people buying their shit. Mm-hmm. And boycotting doesn't really work. <laughs> so. Nah. <laughs> we got a couple more here. Let's do one from the Movie Supreme, who asks a relevant question. Have you ever had a movie that you can't assign a number value to for any reason? So I mentioned this earlier. I had trouble with Climax. Have you guys ever struggled with, you know, trying to assign a number to something? There's a certain uh, threshold that gets passed for me when uh, a movie is so bad that it's great. Like Neil Breen films, I'm always going to rate a 10, even though, (laughs) even though it might, you know, it's difficult to to consider it like a 10 out of 10 movie from the same standard that I would call a normal 10 out of 10 movie. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. in a different category. I, totally I don't really feel like rating it a one, though, because I love it. I love Fateful Findings no. to death. So that would be an instance for me where it's like, OK, I'm giving it a 10 because I can't really assign a number to it. And I love it. So. I, I compare it to like a deck of cards and like the room or something like that. It's like an ace. It's the lowest <laughs> it could get. It, yeah. It's like a, it's the one, but it's also the highest card. Like yeah. you can get so bad that you become the best. That's a good analogy. <laughs> That's what those movies are. That's a great yeah. way of putting That's it. That's all yeah. a good analogy for that. What about something that isn't in the realm of being so bad? More just something that where you're you're conflicted somewhat. I don't experience that as often. 
because if yeah. if it isn't in the realm of being like so bad, then I will always try to consider its artistic merit. So there's films that exist that are movies that I don't like, kind of, you know, where, where I just I don't yeah. want to watch them, not because they made me feel something like climax, but because I, I don't enjoy the experience. But if I can see some artistic value in it and understand that there's some purpose to it, I'm not going to give it like a negative rating if if I feel like, you know, it was what it was going for, I guess, depending on the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't have much issue thinking of ratings. If it's like something really out there and experimental, I like I I largely go based on my personal opinion of it. Yeah. You enjoy <laughs> like how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. But that's about it. It just it sometimes bugs me how people don't really appreciate how your tastes and opinions of things kind of can change over time. So scores will change, and yeah. you can't you can't hold it over someone if maybe they dislike something you like, but then later on grow to appreciate it or the opposite. So mm -hmm. sometimes I find it tough assigning a value to that maybe one day I might think it's worth that, but then another think it's something else. You know. Mm -hmm. All right, one more question. Last one from the irritated critic, who I've seen asking this question like every in every week's or every biweekly um, thread. He wants to know what are our thoughts on the controversial movie Watchmen from two thousand and nine. There you go, irritated critic. I pose the question. Uh, there's things I really like about it. There's things that I don't like about it. Yeah, kind of very inconsistent. Yeah, I'm it's pretty mixed Zack on Snyder it too. Film. Yeah. We all mixed uh, on it. <laughs> yeah, I funny. think so. It's amazing source material. The the source material is great. That's what um, saves it. Because mm -hmm. I think without the, that, the visual that effects are really material. good, and the design of everything, like the look of the movie's great. Because Zack Snyder's mm -hmm. good at that. Mm -hmm. Um, but like the acting and the makeup, and the interpretation of some of the characters is really off. And and uh, like most of the changes he made, I think were for the worst. Yeah. Were for the worst. That awful sex scene. Yeah, that, that's that's, that's one of the bad. worst in, scenes. In the in the book, it's two panels, and it's so yeah. excessive in the movie. Yeah, it totally. Yeah, it's farcical. Yeah, that that mm -hmm. moment. Yeah, it's like what Watchmen's like critiquing is that kind of excessive violence mm -hmm. and sexuality, and he just did it like with no irony. That's kind of funny. It was very <laughs> odd. yeah, it's very odd because he's Zack Snyder because he doesn't really understand what he's making. He never does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why he's, that's why I hate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I enjoy that it's a R-rated, brutal kind of not sugar-coated superhero movie in a sense. I enjoy that there's like death and gore and penises, <laughs> you know, things that yeah. you don't often see. But it's excessive and... too. It goes too far, I think, with it. Yeah, in ways. I haven't read the source like, material. Oh, though, we're but... rated R, so we're super violent and super. Everyone curses all the time, and everyone's naked all yeah. the time. It's like it's like it's fun. Okay, to you're me. defeating the purpose of the of it's the just edgy source material. for the sake of being yeah. edgy. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. How do you feel about the change from the big space alien from the the comic at the end to it being like a nuke at the end that that kind of I changes guess it everything? It works better for movie. Yeah, I've um, always thought that. I, I don't know how they could have pulled off that that big squid alien thing. <laughs> yeah, that could have been. That really was one of goofy. the less less annoying parts of it. Mm. Yeah, it's just people really seem to like love the movie. It, it's like oh, a marmite yeah, sure. of movies I've seen 
so many people going about how good it is. Um, but yeah, it looks great. Too many bad things. Rorschach is a great character, and, mm-hmm. and what's the name of the actor who plays him? He's he did a great job. Oh, it oh, is, is Jackie. Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, Earl yeah. Haley. That's the one. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. And the guy who played Doctor Manhattan too was fantastic. And I love the scene where it showed his origin story. And it's the default glass. Yeah, that was really good. That's probably one of the best yeah. scenes uh, in his whole catalog, <laughs> his whole filmography. Yeah, it's not That's complete cool. bullshit. No, it's there's a lot cool of merit stuff. to it. It's got lots of cool stuff. It's probably one of his best movies. Yeah. That and Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. I wish That's it fair. was better. I think if a different director had taken it, it would have mm-hmm. been better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should have stick being like a DP or something. Yeah, because the visual style is down, which is he basically lifted it from the comic. So it's like it's like his whole shtick, isn't it? He did the same with BVS, but it's like didn't really work out for that one. He can't tell a story. He just doesn't understand yeah. how to tell a story or yeah, break characters to work that with make sense. Very well. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bad director of acting. <laughs> The makeup is really bad. The old age makeup on fucking people when they're like later on, like the heroes who get old, mm-hmm. it looks yeah. awful. Mm-hmm. It looks so fake. <laughs> yeah, I also haven't seen this movie since probably like 2010, so I probably need to oh, rewatch wow. it. <laughs> really? I've seen it somewhat yeah. recently, a few years ago. Maybe and I was pleasantly should... surprised. Yeah, maybe huh? we could revisit we could. it at some point because I think there's like a director's cut as well or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the comments. Never... Will, the Snyder will cut. Us yeah. Release this. I can't Snyder remember if it's any good or not. <laughs> oh, maybe yeah. That's all the questions I have. Is there a nice chunk? So oh. there you are. Who's got a movie? To Alex. Is, is it me now? It is. Yeah, I guess so. Nice. Okay. I, I, just, <laughs> I just like checking. <laughs> there was somebody <laughs> that commented in the subreddit trying to claim that Ralph stole it again. People are getting fucked. Yeah. Up. yeah. yeah. Fuck that guy. I saw that too. Fuck <laughs> you. He's wrong. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck you. You look at it and ban you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? is that true? No. No. <laughs> How could that be true? It worked yeah. out fine. You, you go ahead and recommend your movie. Fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> um, okay. I, I want to talk about a movie... I'm pretty sure neither of you have seen. Okay. Um, the Dark Crystal. I want to do it. Oh. Okay. Cool. <laughs> have you guys seen it? No, but it's one of my friend's favorite movie. Oh really? I yeah, saw the so other I gotta, one. I gotta see it. The, uh, oh, Labyrinth. Yeah, Labyrinth. But a long. No, it's, it's very ago. different to Labyrinth. Yeah. No. Um. Cool. I've seen some clips from this one for sure. I think there'll be some interesting discussion around this movie. <laughs> Great. You okay. Sure? Cool. Yeah. yeah. I won't, I won't, uh, yeah, so watch that if you don't want it spoiled. Some Jim Henson shit. And be prepared to be freaked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there were some clips of this film in my uh, childhood trauma collaboration video. Yeah, the one yeah. I made was about this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think you and I think The Odd Ones Out also included this one. Yeah, <laughs> you did it as well. Yeah. So it's traumatized a lot of children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some Muppet shit. Damn straight. I'll enjoy this. I think. Yeah, there you <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I, I hope you do. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, if uh, any of you listening want to not be spoiled for the Dark Crystal next uh, episode, you should watch it before the next episode comes out in two weeks from now. 
if you would like to support the show, $2 a month on sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. You'll get these episodes early. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, our merch. Do we have... Is it working yet? Uh, <laughs> I'm in an email <laughs> chain currently trying to sort it out. We'll have merch. Spotify's working. Spotify's working. Well. Spotify's yeah. working. Spotify's Do we have all the episodes be, back yeah. up right now? Uh, it's not, not all of them. Not yet. So basically they, what happened, I have yeah. to... They, they decided all of a sudden there's an upload limit, so I have to re-upload every episode individually. So that'll take time, but it'll get done. That's annoying. It'll get yeah. done. Oh, everybody. there wasn't one before? I'm on it. No. Oh. There wasn't. It worked just fine. So they just really deleted a bunch of all... episodes? Is that Spotify's <laughs> It's fault? complicated. It's okay, complicated. Okay, yeah, don't get don't into it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thank you for fixing it. Thank you for sorting it's this shit out. Right. Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening, folks. And, uh... Have a happy day. <laughs> have a happy day. Have a, have a happy <laughs> day, everybody. St. Patrick's Day yesterday. Have a, have a happy day or a happy night. Have a happy week. Or happy, happy daylight life. savings. Oh, fuck. God. No, I'm caught in a storm. <laughs> so is, it, is, Bye, is daylight savings going to fuck us up next time, too? What's happening? Uh, like, yours is coming. Is it going to? Two... Before it's next gonna time? It's going to happen. I think we might be all right. <laughs> okay. I think we might just be well, okay. We'll try to figure it out, yeah. I guess. I think we'll be all right. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> yes. Did you stop recording? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye.